How do we know when it's time for change? What to do? Where to go? Who to be? How do we know when to trade the order we've created for the chaos of an uncertain future? How do we know when to trust ourselves and when to trust the universe? In season three, we're focusing on the many ways that the human mind creates meaning and purpose. And in this episode, our friend Carissa Johnson joins us for a conversation about intuition, growth, and how we perceive the successive chapters of our lives. All of the music cues you'll hear are from Carissa's latest album, The Blue Hour, and we'll include more from her in the show notes. Enjoy the show. So yeah, Carissa, we are doing a series of episodes on meaning making, essentially answering the question, why live? Mm-hmm. from different vantage points. And you're kind of unique amongst the people that we could think to ask or the people that we might just think of in general in that, like, as long as I've known you, you've had this knack to, like, let you can tell, it seems like, when things need to change mm. in your life. And then you also kind of have the guts to actually act on it and do it. And I've seen you do this repeatedly from, like, the day we met to now. And... The interesting thing to me is that not only that you actually do that successfully, whereas so much of the world doesn't, but you Mm. don't seem to do it out of an ideological place. Mm. Not saying you're without ideologies, but like, it's never been like, oh, like she does this shit because she's an anarchist and always has Like, So I'm curious, like where, well, if you had to answer the question, why live, Mm. first of all, why would you live? Yeah. When you sent that over, I was like, man, I feel that. Like, I feel like. I I love big changes and I love diving into big changes. And I feel like that is what I thrive on in life is change and Mm. kind of just like different chapters of life where like, I think people can get stuck and like in those moments where they're just like, why am I doing this? Why, why live? Mm. That's when the change needs to, to occur. Um, And I think I've definitely had those moments when I've just been like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel extremely stagnant and Mm. Ever since I met you, too, I know, like, we related on that when we were just, like, if we ever felt stagnant, we had to have a meeting. And we had to be, like, <laughs> what are we doing now to not be stagnant? And and I just kind of have run with that my whole life. Like, ever since we, you know, really built our band on that and then just kind of in high school when I was just, like, why am I learning these things that are meaningless? Mm. I'm going to focus on the things that are meaningful to me. And then also just kind of always being, like, an independent person and not really relying on like other people to make me happy or like guide me I feel I've always felt really like self-driven but also like driven by this thing that's like an innate knowing that I can't really explain but I think it's rooted in intuition like you said it's not rooted in any sort of ideology it's just more like I'm feeling this and I'm gonna go run with it yeah yeah I'd say it's all like intuition and I think like why I live is I, I just like growing I think like growing whether it's hard or easy or whatever I think it's just always like a really beautiful process Mm -hmm. um and I think like it's a lot of times those hard moments when I'm just like I don't want to live yeah that have helped me want to live if that makes any sense you know or it's like you get like beaten down so hard by you know the thing that you love it's always usually just like something like something that I'm like pursuing that's just not working. And then I'm just like, what am I doing this for? And oftentimes mm. I can't find the words for like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I here? Mm. Yeah. But like searching for a purpose or a meaning or something, I think it's just, I don't know, maybe accepting that there isn't one. And it's just kind of like, I'm just feeling this and I'm just going to go with the, the feeling of like, 
I just need to keep growing and I need to keep bettering myself and just like staying positive through it. Yeah. You know, was there ever a point in your life where you felt like you weren't making decisions from that place? Like, was there a wake up to that mindset or was it, has it just been kind of a through line? There's really, there's like a handful of specific moments in my life that I remember that basically were that feeling of just like, okay, gotta go. But it's every single one of those times has been the scariest moment of my entire life. And yeah. like the moments that I remember, like, I think the, the first one was leaving college. Yeah. Um, I think there was just this one day when I was just like walking to science class and I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, why am I doing this? And I just kind of like was on the sidewalk and I'm just like, I don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Who's telling me I have to do this? And then I was yeah. like, I'm going to go sign out. And I didn't like ask anyone's permission or anything. I'm just like, I'm, I'm done. Um, and then I was like, well, I, I just don't, won't have a backup plan, but I don't want one cause I want to go do music. And why did I come to school to do art if that's not what I want to do? And yeah. it's kind of like this, like self-empowering moment where you're just like, oh my God, I feel empowered by this. And then it's almost addicting yeah. in some way. Mm. And I think just like standing up for myself led yeah. to this, like, I don't know, just this like seeking of that feeling of just like, this feels good because I'm listening to my heart and I'm listening to me and like, Anyone around can make their judgment of that, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, yeah. And I think just with each time it kind of got stronger, I saw it as like really good change because a lot of those moments brought like a void, you know, where it's just like this thing that's in my life, these groups of friends, this college, this career, it's just, I'm leaving it. And yeah. now I'm like, just, it's, it's a loss. And yet yeah. it's like jumping into that void is so terrifying. But every single time I have has been the best thing I've ever done in my life. That's always what's been kind of cool to me about how you've handled stuff like that is like, I mean, a number of them in recent years, like we've literally gone on a walk or something like mm. the day before that you pull the trigger on whatever it yeah. is. Like <laughs> if it's moving, you know, it's like the day before you move or something. And it's like, it's always striking that like you acknowledge that void fully, but you don't necessarily flail around for the comfort of, some institution or somebody's opinion or mm -hmm. I don't know, an ideology or something like you don't yeah. seem to like look for those things or at least grasp them too tightly if you find them. Yeah. And I'm, I think it's like in a way because it's not rooted in anything physical. Yeah. I really feel like it's always just like rooted in like some like inner knowing that I can't put a finger on where like I feel like it's I have some sort of trust in the universe. I think that is like a deep trust that I'm just like, it's going to be okay. And I think that's what I come back to all the time. And like, when you're on the road, you're always like looking for signs that you're like on the right path. Like, yeah. I feel like it's like, if I see two, 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 I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. Anything can happen and I'm fine. Yeah. And so the, the more that I started looking for signs that it's going to be okay, I feel like it kind of just like got me into this thinking pattern that was like, oh, it's, it's fine. Just trust. And then that brings about more of that. And then, mm. yeah, it's funny because I think that's a huge part of it of just kind of like envisioning the universe, like catching you and holding you and just being like, I'm going to take mm. this huge risk. And like what I've witnessed too, from like small risks to big risks, it's like it's uh, met with the same amount of reward every single time. And I feel like every time I've made a big leap of faith, it's always paid off some somehow. Mm. And it's not usually immediately, but eventually... I feel like it just kind of like, it's like, cool, you made that sacrifice. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because what we're largely talking about is like volitional change, like the, mm -hmm. like taking the agency to 
make a change when you feel that cue in your body of like, this is stagnant. This is like deadened energy somehow. And so I was going to ask, like, are you similar with like change that is not of your own volition, change that is like forced on you somehow? But like, oh, wow. as you were just describing it, it sounds like that as a lifestyle choice, like taking it upon yourself to make those changes, to enact that like that mm-hmm. excitement in the face of stagnation almost acts as practice for yeah. when there is some change forced wow. on you. And then you can say like, well, I've trusted the universe this many times in the past and it has worked out. And I've Mm -hmm. seen those signs that everything is okay so many times that now that things are a little bit uncomfortable and maybe not of my own accord, I can still have that trust. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Because like I, I immediately think of like the pandemic. It's like I had driven across the country a week before the pandemic hit and I was in L.A., And I was planning on being out there for like two months and just starting everything anew. Mm -hmm. And I was so ready. And then it was just like, nope, (laughs) nope. But then you just change, you know, the narrative of it where it's just like, well, maybe this is now I needed two years to just figure this out. Mm -hmm. And like just Mm -hmm. kind of seeing it all as kind of like meant to be, which used to be really hard for me because I was just like, no, like. Who that's just like some hippy dippy like saying that doesn't mean anything. And then I the more I just kind of started seeing that or just believing it, I was like, wow, this actually like feels better than not believing it. So mm. I'm gonna just choose to believe that these changes are coming for some reason. And yeah, I, I think like those changes that happen that are just like, oh, did not see this happening, or you know, just like <laughs> one day you wake up and everything's completely different. Even like with my housing situation here, where I just kind of like wound up in a new space and was just completely just like flying by the seat of my pants, like just like did not have any plan of coming here to New York even. And I was like walking down the street a few months before I got here and I was like, it'd be cool to live right here. And I said it jokingly (laughs) because I was like, like that would happen. Um, And I was like on the corner of this park and I was just like this, I like this. Like, let's just, I'm just going to say it. Didn't look into an apartment or anything. And then my friend texted me. was like, hey, I'm moving out. Do you want to like take over my room in Greenpoint and it was on the corner that I said that (laughs) for the rate that I could afford and everything was just like like how in the world was that not Mm. meant to be you Mm. know and like by not even trying um it ended up like happening and I think those Mm. changes I don't know that's like a positive thing that just kind of feels like it fell into my lap but also like a lot of times I feel like I'm just floating Mm. and I'm like not like guiding the ship and I'm just kind of like letting the universe do it. Yeah. And like, you know, I think I've tried to just fully embrace that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think like a lot of that kind of embracing the change has made for an easier time navigating the changes that come that you don't plan for. So how much of this to you, um, because you're looking for signs, which means I I take it that you're somebody who believes in signs being like Mm -hmm. some kind of supernatural, maybe not supernatural, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So are you a believer in you are using your own free will to Mm -hmm. acknowledge the signs and then follow them? Mm. Or is it all just like fatalism, predestination? Like it's just... I'd say it's a mix of both because like I really believe in free will yeah 
I think that's really, for the most part, what, what it is. But I do feel like sometimes looking for too many signs can be almost like, not destructive, but like disruptive because I think when the signs come or like it's immobilizing. Just like, yeah. Like if totally. you're only waiting for signs before you it do totally yeah. you just over end up overthinking everything, which just counters the whole thing. Yeah. And I think every time that a sign comes, it's just like, whoa, okay, cool. Like that's it's just it's almost just like anytime you like do a tarot reading or something where it's mm. like it doesn't actually mean anything other than what you put meaning on. Right. So I think it shines a light on what you're already thinking of. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of interpret it with what you're given. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what like signs are when like you see something where you're just like, oh, well, this means I should do that. And then you feel comfort in it. But that kind of just like reiterates what you're already feeling. So then you kind of just like, okay, now I know that that's what I was That's your Rorschach test. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I believe. Um, I know everyone has their own belief on that, but like I can see like everyone having their own kind of like set of an incredible amount of paths they could take and futures they could have. And it all just matters on like which one you're focused on and which one you choose. Cause it's just kind of like the like different dimensions of like all realities are possible and it can exist at the same time, but it's just like, you can only really live one at once. And it's kind of, you gotta mm. just like choose one. Yeah. I think there's something to be said too, for just picking something like, yeah. You know, regardless of what anything means, like, and, you know, mainly for, for like a listener's benefit of like, regardless of where you stand on what the universe is or yeah. what you believe is shuttling you through it, whatever that kind of stuff, like there's such a benefit to just picking a goddamn route <laughs> and just taking that and like, yes. cause you can change and stuff. Cause I mean, it's just always interesting to me, like the amount of energy your brain uses just trying to sort of address ambiguity and mm. just make sense of stuff that wow, yeah. doesn't make sense. And, like, you're so much more likely to kind of, like, confabulate or, like, get, like, real creative psychologically when things are not clear. And mm-hmm. it, they, you can test it with images. Like, you can, like, the Rorschach kind of stuff. And I kind of have a suspicion that it happens in life, too, a mm-hmm. lot more than we might realize. So there's, I think, just something to be said for, like, you know, you mentioned, like, looking for signs and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. You're just operating in a more sketched out world mm-hmm. than you would be if you were constantly just kind of like greeting the universe too passively in the wrong ways. Mm. Yeah. But you're mm-hmm. also not devoting too much of your bandwidth to like trying to be super hands on all the time. Totally. So you've kind of struck this good balance where like you can let the world kind of like change and do stuff around you, but like you're ready to kick it into gear too mm-hmm. if yes. you need to. And that seems just. On multiple levels, like from psychologically minded levels to, you know, spiritual ones. It's just yeah, seems like a good way to live. Mm. Yeah, I've been trying to figure it out. And like, I think that's the thing. It's like, is it figure outable? I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of like live it, see what works. And I think I, I went through a couple of times the past few years of forcing something that wasn't working and, and mm. really um, working towards goals that weren't going to happen. And, and it was just like, oh my God, like I'm creating resistance here. Like I cannot be so scattered and focused on all these different things that I want in my life and like have them all. And then like, it just was so, I just felt so out of it. And like, I don't know if it, it came from just like spending so much time in isolation or Mm -hmm. like, just just thinking too much about stuff and I'm a thinker like I just like overthink everything and and too like yeah with ambiguity I'm always just like 
I could just spend days thinking about stuff or like people's actions or what things mean. And I'm just like, what if I just stopped? Like, what if I just let things be and just kind of like knew what I wanted, focused on the good stuff, focused on what I wanted and then just let it all unfold. Cause usually like every time I would let go of one of those like resistant thoughts or like pursuing thoughts, I would just be like, I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to like choose to just float. Like I'm on a kayak. Like I'm just going to like sit here and just like look at the sun and just see what happens. And like, yeah, there needs to be action involved too. But I think the best parts of those moments that really like led to real great change in my life came from letting go and then Mm. just being like, I'm not going to be in control here because I don't know. I don't know if we ever are in control, but I feel like we are only in control at the same time. You had mentioned your story about being in California at the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And all of this makes me think about like, you know, changing your circumstances out of stagnation, like catalog, whoa, cataloging, <laughs> <laughs> cataloging a certain phase of your life. Um, as like, okay, that's done. We've banked that. We're, mm-hmm. we're out of there, whether it was a particularly good phase or a bad one. And something that I have struggled with, with this pandemic is like the first six months taught me a lot. Yeah. I had some experiences that I needed to have. I had some alone time that I needed to have Yeah, and was like, okay, now that these lessons are over, now I want to catalog, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to catalog, catalog, Jesus. That's like always how I read the word. Whenever I see it on paper, that's what I say in my brain. I've never done this before in my life. (laughs) But it's like now you want to catalog the the phase. Yes. It's like, okay, that was the pandemic time and I made the best of it that I could. But then shit mm. got dark. Then it was like, okay, mm. now we've been in this pandemic too long. And like creating resistance or not, it's like this is now hard. Like this, we can't just say that was the pandemic for me and now we've moved on. Now there's a vaccine. <laughs> now like we're still in the middle of it. Well, maybe not middle, hopefully not middle, but, you know, but it's, it feels like it's a particularly difficult phase to catalog. Like it's a difficult part of your story to just close the chapter on and start a new chapter because the milieu around you has not changed or like your ability to volitionally enact change that will be like good and positive for you feels more limited And so I wonder, like, how do we define non-resistance when there is so much to resist? Like, so much that it is probably beneficial to resist, you know, like in in the sense of the pandemic and like kind of playing it safe, I guess. Mm. But then is playing it safe a form of resistance? And obviously it can be. But I wonder if you could speak to a how great it feels to catalog a phase. I'm just going to lean into it. (laughs) Uh, Or be like, do you feel resistance from the universe when you Hmm. try to close a chapter sometimes? And do you take that as a sign to just like not close the chapter yet? I feel like even like the word try 
mm. even kind of creates resistance sometimes. Mm. Like whenever we use that word, it's almost like putting something off or it's just kind of like, or it's like efforting through something. Mm -hmm. But instead of just like doing it, I, I resisted a lot during the pandemic because sure. I was so confused. And I think a lot of people did. Um, and even right now, it's like learning how to live with what we've learned and also learn how to live in the society now that we've all gone through that. Yet that's where it feels like we're still in it. And so it's like we're still learning how to live with it. And with that past that we all so badly want to let go of and close the chapter mm -hmm. on and just be like, back to life. Okay, here we are. Mm -hmm. Yet it's like impossible because we just like... I feel like everyone just grew like an extra five years because of all that time we had to spend on ourselves and like, you know, detached from things, but also like attaching to things in a new way. Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt that. And like, I, I could not get down with going back to the life that I was living um, before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And that's a big reason why I left Boston and my home and everything, because even though I had left to go to LA to like, start something new even before I knew what coronavirus was, I still had that feeling. It was just like, I'm like, I got to do something completely different and flip everything on its head, almost in a way to forget about COVID and 2020. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I was met with too much resistance in closing that chapter because I feel like it was kind of just granted. Like, it was just kind of like, this is gone now. And like, I don't remember a lot of 2020 because I think my mind has just like, pushed it to the way back of like, you don't want to remember that. Um, but I do feel like I learned a lot and, and hit some important rock bottoms during that time that I've taken that strength with me now where it's just like to have gone through that, like for all of us, we now have these tools kind of like with the change thing where it's just like, now we know, now we can deal with something just like coming at us like that. And then knowing that we're going to survive mm. and like that kind of, gives confidence I think you know and just kind of like letting things be and like I kind of stopped planning as like I don't know how to plan for anything now um, <laughs> because clearly it can just all change and like who knows it's just like it, it kind of just forced us to be more in the present I don't know it's it's hard to put into words but yeah I, I, I don't, haven't really felt the resistance other than when I have really tried to make something happen and I feel like it's like a desperate search or like a desperate journey and then then it's kind of just not worth it because that's not fun yeah. <laughs> it's like it doesn't, it doesn't feel good you know and then you, yeah. you realize you're like why am I doing these things and like a lot of it ends up coming from like unhealed past stuff where you're like mm -hmm. why am I trying so hard to get this person's attention why am I trying so hard for this one thing to happen mm. and it's like maybe there's something deeper there that you gotta like look at which like you know, I think that also the past two years really forced us to go inward and like heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're all still healing for sure. And like, yeah, it's hard to close chapters. I think I started to see life in chapters, like the more I started moving around and like two with like album cycles, I've always seen albums as scrapbooks of a year. Mm -hmm. basically like yeah. this is like a way for me to close the chapter. Like I've seen my latest album, the blue hour album as just like put it out sign it, seal it, deliver it, get it out. Like yeah. done. Like I'm done with 2020. I'm done with feeling this way. I'm never doing that again. Did it to the fullest extent. Like you say, I did our best and mm -hmm. like, it's just done. I'm putting it to bed. And as soon as I got the physical copies of that album, I was like done just all of that. The past year I'm just done with. And it's been even hard for me to like even play shows and sing the songs. Cause I don't want to. <laughs> and it's weird. It's like the first time I've felt that where I just like created this album in this really hard time 
different than the other ones where it's just, it, it didn't even feel hopeful. Yeah. It just kind of was like, this is what I'm going through. And like, I realized through those songs, I was like re-manifesting the same things over and over. And I'm like, I just want to stop <laughs> all of this. But yeah, I've yeah. always been a fan of like putting things to bed and leaving them and not going back. Mm. And um, I think that's important for growth too, you know, to like, just like, not hold on to things that don't serve anymore, um, yeah. but hold on to the things that do and also like allow those things to change and come back in a new way, mm -hmm. um, which I've witnessed a lot too. And like, just, you know, how things kind of ebb and flow and people have to go through their own things and come back at, you know, different times in your life. And I don't know. That's very interesting to me because I feel that like, I'm not ideologically the opposite, but I am like behaviorally the opposite yeah. <laughs> where I, I find it really hard to put things behind me. I find it really hard like to catalog a certain phase or more specifically to catalog a certain work of art that I've mm. been wanting to just like finish and put out and then it's done. And like, I almost never do that. I mm. like, I have so many finished songs that I'm just like, I want to be done with that, but I haven't recorded it yet. Ah, oh, when am I going to get yeah. around to recording it? And like, yep. I don't know if that's a form of resistance for me or a form of like, hmm, it could be. Uh, yeah. I, I but no I know idea. what you're saying. Cause like also the process like of writing a song and putting it out, it takes a long time. Yeah. Like it's not like a quick thing of like, write it, put it out next week. Mm -hmm. It's like, write it, set up a studio session in like four months record it over the course yeah, of a week right. like every time every album has taken longer than i've envisioned it to right. um but i had only written like two songs before like for the album before everything hit and then i was like i i, I wanted to get it out like six to six months to a year before it came out but mm -hmm. um because of not being able to go back into the studio it like got prolonged but then when i could i was like i'm booking two weeks and i'm finishing it in two weeks yeah. And I had never done that before either. It's always just been a really like go to the studio when I'm feeling inspired, record it when I'm feeling inspired, put it out when it feels inspired. But because I was just like, I got to get this behind me, I kind of expedited the process this time. And I was just like, like some of those songs felt so old, like that running uphill song was the first one that like I wrote a long time ago. And then it like took on a new meaning. And that's the thing that I've realized, too, is like sometimes when I'm singing the songs live, I'm like this means something completely different now. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes yeah. it's yeah. like, it's just crazy to see like how, how the songs evolve too. And like, they just feel like they have their own kind of lives mm -hmm. and they change with time too. And yeah, this, this chapter for, for sure was like the one that I just wanted to put a close on. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. Cause it's like the, the, the thing I've invested the most in my entire life and it's just like this is I'm putting everything into this and I'm just doing it fully and meanwhile I'm just like god this should just be over please <laughs> some of these days I just pretend that I'm a tourist in a city I've never been and make it all make sense it's funny like at least for me I'm curious if you guys have the same experience but like Especially during COVID, it, like I, I learned to deal with the imperfections of those chapters as well as just the idea that chapters are going to close. Like sort of yeah. the idea that you're ending a chapter, but like there's some pages ripped out of that book yeah, and you don't get to find them and the chapter's still ending. Yeah. Like, wow. have you guys had that experience at all? Like whether it was coming into and out of the, the real heyday of COVID where like 
like for me, like stuff got almost cauterized and mm-hmm. stuff that I very much wanted to still be doing, but then kind of grew a little bit during COVID and realized like, oh, I actually fundamentally changed and I don't care yeah. anymore about that thing. But I yeah. really kind of want like closure or I want like parts of that back. Like there's mm. parts yes. of it that I still very much love, but I just can't do. Like yeah. I'm just not that person. So have you had that mm-hmm. experience at all? Completely. I think the first thing that was taken away for COVID was our tour. Matt and I were yeah. supposed to go on a tour because yeah. yeah. I had driven out west with my car and was going to drive it back on a tour. And uh, Matt was going to fly out and we were going to do it together. And then we were kind of figuring it out, like, what are we going to do? Like, I got to get back home. You have a flight. Let's just do it. We'll do live streams across the country or something. Yeah. But then we, we had were a like, lot we of can't. elaborate plans. It was just, the second we were like, cool, we hung up the phone and we were like, and then we called each other right back. We're like, we're not going to do that. That's not happening. I'm flying home. And I'm shipping my car across the country. Because it was but back when it was really scary, too. Because I remember yeah. having this kind of yeah. conversation of, like, is this, are we tapping out? Like, should we be, like, pushing through this and, like, do what yeah, we've always tried to do? But that then feeling we were like, of, nah. like, we're going to persevere. Like, we're going yeah. to win. And, like, it was just like, but it was also just that, like, we're all in this together. Like, let's just all get through this and, like, you know. But yeah. then it just was kind of just this defeat of like, no, we can't. We're mm-hmm. not going to do that. And like so many people are just like confined to their homes and we're going to go play live streams across the country. Like, yeah, let's let's not do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like, yeah, it felt like there were ton, tons of pages that were just ripped out of that book that I of the plans of just like, you know, yeah, <laughs> all these things. I'm like, I don't want to like I, I haven't done a tour since before that time. And now the fact that people are touring again and like all of this is happening and venues are open, I have that urge and that like reminiscent feeling of just like, I want to go do that. I don't even care if I'm playing to two people. I want to go live that because I wasn't able to mm-hmm. like back then. Yeah. But then it's like, but I've grown three to four years now. My music's yeah. completely different. It's not meant for that. Yet there's a part of me that just wants to live it in some sort of way of like closing it off or something mm-hmm. or like if it can come back, then I feel like I'm filling that page up again. Well, I was even going to say that there's a element of like, while we're on the the chapter of a book metaphor, the life that it's lived while turning the page. Yeah. And like I function so much. I don't know if it's better, but I love transitions. I love not knowing what I'm going to do for a little bit. Like it's mm-hmm. this past few months I've been in that exact state and it's been stressful as fuck. <laughs> like not knowing yeah. <laughs> where money's coming from is not good. But like <laughs> and having no idea what I'm doing, like we've made this analogy on the show with like other guests kind of saying like suffering is grace sometimes, you know. It sounds kind of woo woo, but I take it as uncertainty is grace. Like Mm. if you are suffering from uncertainty, if you are suffering because you're being reminded by the universe that you don't have any fucking idea what you're doing (laughs) yeah, and you just need a humbling, yeah, you just need to be humble for a few months and be reminded that in the turning of the page is where you get to take an assessment and like actually try to understand where you are, like what got you to this point and yeah. What about that last chapter? Were you not that much of a fan of? What mm-hmm. about the next chapter? Are you going to bring with you from the last chapter to make sure that like you you still have those values with you and can contribute the things that you want to contribute to the world? And you really get to take an audit of your values in those moments and yeah. just try out new things. And like I've been 
getting into this whole beginner's mind thing that we talked about at the beginning or the, at the beginning of the year like let me just pretend that I don't know anything. Let me just like not even pretend, but just like <laughs> lean into like <laughs> fully accept that I don't know everything that I think I know. I don't know yeah. that the person I was last year is just the person that I am permanently. Like let me play around with the impermanence of everything. Mm-hmm. And see, like, what am I into that I don't know I'm into? Yeah. What can I expose myself to that, like, will be enriching and, and add value to my life? And so, like, I, again, don't know if I function the best, but when my interest is peaked the most and when I'm at my most creative, probably, and, like... Yeah, it's, like, shaken up, so you're, like, now where? When I'm go? the... Yeah, when I'm the most open to enrichment, it's when those transitions are happening, and I get to be uncertain, ideally, without the desperation. Wow, and yeah. And then that makes it, like, a certain kind of suffering, yeah. But it doesn't yeah. have to be suffering <laughs> if you don't resist the uncertainty. Yeah, it's, like, you're going into it with that mindset of, like, this could be anything, it could be nothing, but yeah. let's just see. Mm-hmm. And like, that's really beautiful to get to that place and just be fully present and letting that just kind of come about. Yeah. And I think that's hard to do because like, we all want to know kind of like where we're going, what's going to happen and -hmm. like being kind of attached to that. And then that's where like, I think a lot of fear comes in because we have these ideas of what it's going to be when it's not. And it's just like letting it be what it is Mm -hmm. and letting you like yourself feel what you feel through that is like really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But like trying a bunch of new things. I think everyone got a bunch of new hobbies over the past couple of years and like surprised themselves. And, and I think too, like just getting out of motion mm-hmm. or, or changing up the motion is really important. And like, I feel that when I go on walks here, I'm just kind of like looking around and just like, man, I feel like, like my body's in motion and I'm like moving through something like the blood is flowing, but it's flowing in a whole new way. It's like almost like it just went from like going clockwise to counterclockwise and I'm like, man, like I needed that sort of disrupting transition to get to this new flow that I wouldn't have gotten had I not taken the time, even just taking like a week and like just being like, okay, I need to like reassess everything. But you get so caught up in just like that path or that journey or like that destination that you're just so like tunnel visions. Mm -hmm. And that's also something I've tried to stay away from is like tunnel vision because like I've seen it really create a lot of problems when people are just so zoned in on one thing. You know, it's again, it's not good to be scattered, Mm -hmm. but I think to just be kind of like free and present and yeah, just like letting it be. And that's where those transitions are so like you get to not be scattered because nothing specific is demanding your attention too much. I mean, like maybe it is, maybe it's it depends on your circumstances, but like you're not taking your problems home from work. You're not like, yeah, you know what I mean? Those transitional phases, those like uncertain phases for me have always been, I get to be untethered. And as long as I don't sink into that desperation, as long as I don't allow myself to react to the uncertainty, but just live in it, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be open to so many new experiences. And I'm going to be, and even when you are like certain or you think that you're certain about like who you are and what you want your hobbies to be and what your values are and like things take you by surprise all the time anyway yeah and like you can resist that or not but like i remember i had this like weird and i didn't really do anything with it but there have been moments in my life where i've had like kind of a vision of myself doing a kind of labor that i've never been into doing you know like Mm. 
oh, all I want to do right now is harvest apples. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I could see myself spending a year just like applying finish to boards of wood. Like wow. that would be really, you know, like, and you suddenly just see yourself in a whole new light. Like maybe I'm not an artist in the way that I envision myself to be an artist. Yeah. You know, maybe my fulfillment is coming from like serving some other cause that is not just yeah. myself. Maybe I'm going to be fulfilled by just being in nature and working in nature. Yes. Maybe I'm going to be fulfilled by just, I could smell sawdust all day long and be totally content with, you know? Yeah. And there's something that I think we, we miss in our connectivity with the rest of the world that does kind of show itself in those moments when you're like, oh, I can see me doing this other thing. And even yeah. if I don't make that my identity, even if I don't make that my career or anything like that, like what is that trying to teach me? And maybe mm -hmm. it's just that I like, <laughs> I'm going to find some YouTube videos that I didn't <laughs> know I would enjoy watching and that's going to offer me entertainment for a little bit. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something completely yeah. I hesitate to say frivolous, but maybe it's something frivolous. Maybe it's yeah. something that like you're just going to play around in and it's not going to be the thing that you end up doing. But to me, that's just the things that stick out to me. I got, I'm, I know I'm rambling. I got obsessed with the Titanic for like a whole season <laughs> one time. Just, I watched the movie on a whim and went on Wikipedia and was like, oh, wait, is that shit true? And then it was. And then like, wow. I just watched like 17 documentaries and got really into it. I'm like, wow. I had no idea that I was obsessed with the Titanic. Oh, my God. Apparently, um, not really anymore. I still think it's a fascinating story. And I'm like, wow. I had no clue that that's a, that was a part of me or that was going to happen to me. And like yeah. now I feel like a more whole person because I allowed wow. myself to go down that rabbit hole for like four months. That's amazing. You know? That is so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That's hilarious too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that completely though. Like you're so right. Yeah. You have a, a good point there. Like, I don't know. I got so into comedy, like, like sketch mm. comedy, like saved me over the past year. And I was like, am I just going to like get into comedy and just forget about music and like, <laughs> or like, like not going to, but like, it just, it was like something that I didn't know I needed for mm -hmm. that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, I kind of wanted to just drop everything and be a physics teacher. I was like, I don't even care about music. Like I just want to learn physics mm -hmm. and yeah. write a book. Yeah. And like, I was just like, why am I just so fascinated with all this stuff? Like, I feel like there's, I've never been so into something so deeply and like, have, and feeling like I'm learning new things and like, can utilize this and help people with it. That would give me so much more fulfillment than just being like, here are my songs and yeah. <laughs> this yeah. hurts. And it's weird though. Cause like then like to accept that and like almost to be like, well, my identity is changing mm. or like my focus is changing. My mindset is changing. And then I'm like, you know, it's kind of scary, but then you, you got to like, those transitions are so beautiful and like to lean into it and just be like, wow, like I could just go move to Japan and be a fashion designer tomorrow. Like just for, just see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I couldn't, but like, I, that's what I was like, I could go to New York and just be a barista. Yeah. Like, yeah. why don't I just go try that and just see what happens? Like almost as an experiment, because I was just kind of like, in that mindset of just like not making plans or doing anything for like a long period of time. I was just like, I kind of just want to have a bunch of random experiences mm -hmm. and see what I like and like not be so just beholden on this like one life as a 
punk rock singer mm. and I'm like I don't feel that anymore I don't yeah. feel like I'm punk anymore you know sometimes I don't feel like a singer and yeah. I'm like I just want to yeah. like write my songs and like be in nature and <laughs> you know it's like that's way more fulfilling than trying to be validated by mm. my peers mm-hmm. I might be going nowhere but at least I'm going still I'm past the point of breaking and I'm past the It's almost like life, like after a while, like it starts to whittle away identity into sort of meaning and purpose. Yeah. Which was something I was thinking about coming into this today was like those two definitions. They're very easy to conflate with one another. And uh, I've noticed like, Mm. like Johnny, we've definitely bonded over this. Like I don't know a lot of people that have that same impulse to just go whole hog into something when like (laughs) you read a cool fact and you're like, this is fucking it. I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to be the best of it. Like... And, like, we've talked about that on here before, too, that, like, that's just the way that I kind of have always gotten excited about stuff. And, yeah, yeah. We, we've both done it Yeah, we go through those phases things. where, like, we're going to be the Ramones. And it's yeah. like, now we're going to be the Smiths. Yeah. Now <laughs> Elliot Smith. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, you go through these things and, like, yeah. It's funny, totally. like, looking back at, like, pictures, too, of, like, our, our old band because, like, you can see these changes happen. Like, yeah, you can see what we're going through. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that was the fedora phase. We were Pete Doherty then, like that kind of yeah. stuff. And like, oh, you had a scally cap then. It's like, yeah, like, like it just like gives you almost like a new part of your identity. Yeah, like with the mm-hmm. Titanic, even mm-hmm. it's like now you know everything about the Titanic. Uh, and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's funny because it's like as much as I look back at all that kind of stuff, like in this in this case, like the band or like music or whatever in general, like it's it feels kind of scattered or kind of like we're just like whipsawing back and forth between all these different disparate things. But yeah, when you look at look for that through line, you start to see that difference between like meaning and purpose, which I have the definitions here because I anticipated this coming. Oh, up let's do it at some point. But um, the meaning is essentially like the why. It's more of like the felt kind of why you're doing something you know you create Mm -hmm. this sense of why you're doing something and the feeling that would go with it and the purpose is more of like the impact you want to have ultimately Mm. or the guiding principle behind the meaning Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that might be both easy for us to spot as creative people and also really difficult to act on Mm -hmm. because you get very entrenched in what you just believe to be your identity at a certain point and it becomes everything from a survival mechanism to a way to pay the bills like and especially with music and especially with genres within music like mm-hmm. it's so freaking scary to feel like you're losing that chunk yeah. of your identity but in reality like the meaning is just shifting and if yes. you zoom out a little bit and start to see the purpose like the desire to like get lost in woodworking for a year or to make an album or to learn as much as you can about a new subject or to travel like it's very plausible that those are all coming from the same place and building to the same conclusion because you're still the same person and it all kind of like a lot of those impulses are the same and like I found that really exciting during the last couple of years to actually be forced by the world at large to kind of acknowledge that about myself because it had been over a decade since I'd given myself the space to actually dignify any of my other personality traits with any amount of my time yeah Yeah. because it's just like i was stuck in the same thing i was like no i'm I'm a punk rocker or i'm a whatever like Mm -hmm. in this case it was like i am a folk singer and it sort of just got to this point where i was like oh shit like that's part of me but 
I really like a lot of other stuff too. And like, yeah. yes, fitting them together is a whole project in and of itself, but that's a tangible issue. That's like something that it's a logistics problem. It's an hours in the day mm. problem. That's not worth getting so hung up on that I'm willing to like yeah. pillory my identity to stay in this <laughs> box that I feel like I have to. So, but it's funny how easy it is to mix those two things up Yeah, and to just sell yourself short at so many different junctures or to just lead yourself down a path mm-hmm. to hell because you feel like that meaning has to be your purpose. And if you deviate, you're a deviant, yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. That is something that definitely crossed my mind a lot because I was like, why am I not enjoying this much anymore? Like, like it was like right in the beginning of 2020, like even 2019, I, I just was like feeling like I was going through so many motions of being a rock and roll front woman. Mm. And like, I don't want to do this. Like I, it was almost like this part of me was like sated enough. And then I'm just like, okay, done. Like I just mm. like, I don't need to do it, but it's such a, it's just ingrained in me. It's what I know. It's the life that I know. It's what I've worked so hard for. It's Mm -hmm. like you work like a decade for something and then you're like, well, I didn't get fully where I envisioned. Mm -hmm. Am I still on that journey? Like, Mm -hmm. is this worthwhile? And it just, yeah, it comes down to that. Like, you know, what's it mean to you? Like, what's it worth to you? And it's just kind of like, I think it comes down to just expressing yourself and like that's where it started for me is like being like a singer or writer it was only because I needed some sort of therapy Mm. you know to get through certain things and then to help other people and that was like what fulfilled it and so then when that started feeling like I was going through the motions I'm like am I just like not feeling this anymore like am I just like getting older and I'm not gonna do this anymore and but just kind of like I don't know, making it mean something else or doing it in a new way that just kind of like reinvigorates it. Mm -hmm. Like I got super into synth pop and then I was like, man, everyone's going to just think I'm just selling out. But like, I (laughs) seriously just need to dance. Like I just, I'm going to lose my mind if I play one more Ramon song. Um, And I can't listen to social distortion anymore. Um, But like, it just kind of was like, I need something new. I just, I need just anything new. And yeah, it put a lot in perspective for me. Like even my favorite artists that like changed genres or like shifted, I was always just like, what are you doing? You're changing. This isn't good. Like mm. someone's telling you to do this. Mm. Yeah. But then I'm just like, oh my God, I feel this. Like yeah. this is yeah. what I'm doing. Like this is healthy. It'd be weird if you, you didn't change or grow or like change aspirations or go into a whole different field of something. Cause like you, you do something long enough and especially if it's compact or like a lot in a small amount of time, it makes sense to just kind of be like, I've outgrown it or I've mm-hmm. done what I can here and now I need to move on, but still with some, the same purpose. Mm-hmm. It just can look different, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, last summer I started firmly committing to uh, changing genres. And, really? Well, and I was very like, I, whoever I talked to about it, I, I said like, this doesn't mean that I'm done with folk songs. I'm letting folk songs take the earnestness of my like artist identity. Like I'm letting mm. I'm letting my serious side go there. But I'm leaving it there for a little bit. And I'm just gonna write pop songs and grunge songs yeah. and like get really into, you know, more more alt rock type stuff. And yeah. like that has felt really good to just kind of like I don't give a fuck what these lyrics are. <laughs> these aren't my catalog of poetry. Like my folk songs mm-hmm. are like I won't rest until they are done and they're like what they need to be. And because I have that mindset, I have produced some of my best work in the form of wow. folk songs. Like, I'm super proud of a lot of the lyrics that I've written. And then I reached a point where I was like, I think I just wrote my best lyric ever. I don't know where to go from here. 
<laughs> so I'm gonna leave folks for, for a bit. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go Got to the summit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've been saying this on the podcast here and there, but like, I want to make music a playground again now, and just not worry so much about how my identity is tied to it. You know? Yeah, I think it's like it, it's bad when people get so like stuck on something that it has to be this, and right. if it's not, then it's not good. But it's like if you're not enjoying it, yeah, you need to change something. I oh. We're talking about signs. Uh, hang on a second. Okay. All right. Well, I had a visual aid, but this is a podcast, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'll just tell you the story. I saw it the other day. I don't remember where it is. It's one of the last like songs that, um, well, the song I was just referencing. I was uh, going for a hike, just trying to write, just like trying to clear my mind and, and be like alone in nature. And usually, I can, if I like get my my blood pumping enough and just kind of like manage to clear my mind. The la- the lyric I'm looking for will come to me if I stop looking for it so hard. Mm-hmm. So I didn't write the lyric that day, but I found <laughs> a little like tag that had, I think it probably came off of like a, like a backpack or something like that. This must be a brand. It said born, but with an umlaut over the O. All right. And okay. it was a tag that came off of something. And so when I saw the word, I, I kept this thing. It was a tag that said the word born. And so I was like, okay, that word is going to be where that syllable goes. And it still probably took me a few days or maybe a week or two after that to like really figure out what the lyric had to be. But I was like, because I just found that thing on the ground, wow. that's, that word's not going to be anything but born. And then I have to f- make a sentence containing born fit yeah. there. And, and that's the, your favorite lyric of all time? the most important lyric i've ever written in my life wow what is it we would cast not aspersions on those we were born to redeem amazing and it came from just seeing this sign on the ground or like on a bag yeah wow i love that detached from a bag don't know if there was a bag it was on the ground just in the leaves Mm. that is so cool i love that it's like totally not a coincidence like i feel like that's like just it, it found you yeah i truly do believe that and i'm not like a very like signs and wonders kind of thinker usually but mm-hmm. when that kind of thing happens i'm like okay i'm going to personally make the choice to see that as a sign and use my yeah. free will to um yeah. give it meaning well that's the best part of being like a, an artist of any stripe is like all you really have to acknowledge is that there's two things you, you know it's a kind of a horse and a cart after that like you can choose which direction things are flowing but like regardless Either you're finding shit because you were supposed to find shit or you're finding shit because you went out looking for it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's still shit mm-hmm. to find. Yeah. yeah. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's maybe not the most eloquent way to put Always. it, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Feeling aimless even though I had it all planned out. Somehow fell into a style I never picked out. I, I'm trying to keep my mind afloat. Sometimes I worry. One thing I think we should touch on about the the chapters analogy and just sort of the idea of effectively blowing up your life at times and like making a big profound change that we haven't touched on yet is the social side of that too. Mm-hmm. Because it's I think it's easy to, to talk at pretty great length about some of the cosmic aspects of it or sort of the philosophical, psychological components that are involved, but... It sort of can't be avoided, too, that the social world that you live in is going to change pretty profoundly as well. 
Mm-hmm. And the resistance you're going to get there is going to open up cans of worms all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it's just, and so sometimes I wonder if being a little bit of like an outcast, like I think we've all kind of had that experience that like you were talking about earlier, Johnny, like the idea that you just don't feel like you fit all the way in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that's an asset, you know, for having this, this skill set later in life. That It's something that helps keep you kind of slightly in motion at all times or at least not yeah. getting too comfortable so it's easier to break and reattach and stuff but it also means that like you're going to be experiencing like pretty vast social upheavals at a yeah. sort of increased regularity and like a lot of people won't necessarily have those experiences that often or or that deeply so what kinds of resistance have you encountered there where like when you make one of these changes like save the Brooklyn one the most recent one like what kind of ramifications are there socially and like how do you process those? It was kind of a decision that I, I made just really abruptly one day and it was November, December last year and I forget when what made me make that decision just so abruptly but it was just this like feeling that I was just like that needs to happen like I just it's got to happen no, nothing else is going to happen and it came shortly after I thought I was going to move to L.A., um, and this was, it was kind of confusing because I'm like, why is this happening? I've never thought I was going to live in New York. I can't handle it for more than like a week. Cause it's just so like, ah, like all the time, like, you know, it's just too much, but I had never felt more ready for it. And then I was like, I'm just going to just start saying it to people. Like, I'm going to tell my friends, I'm going to tell my family and I'm just going to make it happen. Cause that's something that I found. Like, I just do that with a lot of things where I'm just like, tell everybody like album out this date. Now it has to happen. Like yeah. I'm not the only one held accountable for this now. And that's kind of what happened with like the New York thing. I told my parents like that day, I was like, I think I'm going to go to New York. Like I want to just live in New York City. And they were just like, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> nah, that's not. They're like, cool. Okay. And this was also the conversation like years ago when I moved to LA that it didn't process like with a lot of friends and family, like they just didn't acknowledge it mm. because I don't think they wanted to, or maybe I wasn't fully there or something, but it's just like, then the day happened where I'm like, I'm leaving right now. Mm. Like you didn't want to believe this or you didn't (laughs) think this was happening, but like it's, I've told you so many times and that's been like a kind of like a frustrating thing, I guess, with like closer family, but people that want you to stay, you know, and it's it's all out of love. Yeah. But I noticed some things like blowing up a lot towards the end when I was like, like it was like my last week at home and then it's like catch up with all your friends, you're moving. And like, to me, I'm just down the street like Mm. I don't feel Mm. like I'm that far away and New York feels so much like home that I'm just kind of like I didn't go anywhere like I'm just I've been here my whole life Um, I'm just a little further Mm. but I needed to get out of my home and you know feel like an adult and independent again but yeah I think like it's just mostly like out of care and people trying to hold you in place then that's something that I always run from like I anytime I feel like resistance or anyone anything like holding me in place Mm. I'm just like nope 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 not doing it. I'm yeah. leaving. Now I want to go even more and I'm definitely leaving right now. Mm. But yeah, I think it was just like some friends I feel like tried to hold me, not knowingly, not intentionally, but kind of just being like, don't go, you know, and then it's like, but this is going to be so good for you and me yeah. because I'm going to be happier and I'm going to be in a better place. I'm going to go through some changes. I need to go figure out who I am because I don't know who I am <laughs> living under my parents' roof. Yeah. Mm. As a 28-year-old. Yeah. It's just that kind of like protecting the thing you love, but then by doing that, you don't allow it to be the thing you love, you know? Yeah. Mm. There needs mm. to be some sort of expansion for, for everybody's sake. And I felt like at that time, like, I mean, like that's just like the timing of it where I'm just like, I'm going to be so depressed if I stay. 
And yeah, I've just been like not knowing how to even express like the beauty that I've witnessed from being here and like mm. all the feelings. I think it's just like so many feelings of like hard things, good things, like a lot at once. But it's just kind of like I witness almost like life in a whole new way now where I'm just like it's fun to go back to. I guess the people that either doubted it, which I don't feel like there were people that doubted it or put it down or anything. I think there was just some resistance of like, don't go. Yeah, at this point, if people were doubting it now, like, (laughs) see, maybe 10 years ago, if they're like, I don't think she's going to, like, no one ever leaves Boston. Like, okay, try it. But now? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just like, just trust me. Like, I just, I'm trusting something else and, like, I want to be trusted. This is going to be fine. And if it's not, I'll come back. Yeah. Easy, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes me think, too. I I had this thought the other day about townies and, uh, (laughs) there's like a stigma to townies right but but like in a certain set like they're necessary like not the stigma but like the the Mm. people who never leave you know Mm -hmm. because that happens for so many different reasons and like it might be so that you take over the family business and like definitively you have to stay like in the in the same town that you grew up in with if that's where your family is from or like i don't know it can take so many different forms and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, those are the people, especially like around here where I'm from, kind of against like the smaller town society, you know, you see people who are just like eighth generation. They've been in this town. All of them have been like firefighters or all of them have been on the select board or all of them have been whatever. And like there is like a necessity to that, like to like evolving yeah. over generations and um, doing your best for the town that like Mm -hmm. gave you your identity in a sense. And I think that talking about resistance, like I sure have resisted being a townie. Like I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I don't still live where I grew up, but I still live in the town where I grew up. Yeah. And it doesn't have much to offer, but like I have so many great memories associated with it. All of the librarians know me by name. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. Like I, for a while it felt like, oh, I'm, I'm here because I'm stagnant. Like, yeah. even if I am, like, functioning as an independent adult, even if I am, like, cultivating my own identity here, I'm, I don't, the reason I don't live farther away from my hometown is because I don't work hard enough. For a while, that might have been true. Now, I'm like, I don't, I'm not married to the idea of living here forever, but mm-hmm. I've let go of the resistance of being a townie. Because yeah. like I am, I've come back to appreciating everything good about this yeah. place. I've come back to appreciating that like, if I am having a rough day, I know which woods I want to walk in. Yep. And like, there's a real comfort to that, and there's a real like freedom to letting go of that resistance, even if like I can still see the resistance at a distance. And be like, okay, in five years, if I haven't explored other options, then we'll mm-hmm. revisit this resistance. We'll revisit mm-hmm. this. So it's kind of like, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's, it's the antithesis of what we're talking about, but like maybe let go of the resistance of wanting to change because you want that change to prove that you're someone that you're yeah. not currently being seen as. Yeah. Yeah. There's part of me, I think it's like, like uh with with Boston too that I felt bad about leaving because I was like mm-hmm. I worked so hard in a, the same town 
and like grew up musically here and then now I'm just gonna leave and then people are gonna be like oh well, who she thinks she is like going to New York or like I had <laughs> yeah. to let go of that because I was so worried that people were gonna judge that but I was mm-hmm. like I don't care about what anyone else is doing I want everyone to just go do their own thing and like be successful and I want that for myself too mm-hmm. and I think everyone should just do what they feel and like I, I was almost just like so self-conscious of trying to be the one that got out or something and it's like it has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing it just more was just like I there's something really comforting about that like knowing everybody in a city or like walking down the street and seeing friends or like playing shows to the same people or like what when you mix music with it I think that's where I started feeling a little bit like okay I gotta I gotta keep growing Mm -hmm. um I love walking around Central Square and Harvard and I could do that for the rest of my life and be so happy yeah but from being on the road for so much, so much of my like growing up years with music, I think I was just like, I, I got to return to that mm-hmm. or like I have to go find something that feels different because I'm so used to that. And yeah, I think it's just like a matter of, of habit or like a matter of like where that comfort is and like where the joy comes from. And every time I go home now, I do. I'm like, man, like I want to go for a walk around the creek near my house and mm-hmm. like just go go see Matt, go for a walk. <laughs> Um, you know, like drive around, go to the same Dunkin' Donuts I've been going to for years. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it's so fun. Like it doesn't get old. And I think, yeah, like you say, like reassess it, like when you feel like you need to, like when I had a job over the, over 2020, I was like, I put it in my calendar, like a year after I got the job to reassess if I wanted to stay Mm -hmm. because I realized how comfortable I felt in the job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have health insurance. I'm five minutes away from home. This is fun. I'm learning. It's music, all this stuff. And then I was like, just spend a day, take the day off, reassess if you want to do this for more than you are right now. Like you probably want to leave. And I think I was feeling that where I was just like, I need to just take the time to think about this. Um, and then I ended up leaving, but I feel like if I didn't give myself that day, almost like that transitional time to just be like, think about it, Mm -hmm. I would fall into a comfort in kind of like a negative way of just doing what was easy. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's like just kind of, yeah, each situation as its own and just kind of like, you know, what what brings joy? Mm-hmm. And if that brings joy, like your town, it sounds awesome. I mean, to know all the librarians and yeah. all the <laughs> forests to walk around, I mean, that's beautiful. <laughs> it is so comforting and so nice. Do you think this stuff scans differently in other countries too? Like, do you think, because sometimes I'm, it occurs to me, like the fact that, you know, America is like the most individualistic place. Mm-hmm. Like it's at least it's used as the example whenever anyone talks about like an individualistic culture, like just that whole kind of American dream or like I'm going to arrive in like, a, you know, the stereotypical version of like, I'm going to arrive in New York City. I'm going to like get off a bus. I'm going to make it and do my thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the image that, I think America has, and you contrast that with like, I don't know, more collectivistic places where it's mm. kind of like the towny example Joel gave, like the idea that you come from a long line of blanks, and when you get to the certain age, you're going to become a blank too, mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing. And it's weird because, like, on a macro level, like, yeah, America's individual individualistic as hell, but kind of zooming in on different communities, and especially like us being from sort of suburban areas you get suburban areas near Boston which is sort of an underdog major city 
So you get the major city thing, but you also get like that. We have that sort of towny pride. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to New York. You're going to like go. It's like <laughs> go you be know, a Yankee. Yeah. Have you ever seen Moneyball? <laughs> yeah. That movie Moneyball? Uh, it's, well, it's like the guy, he like turns the shitty baseball team. I think it's the athletics. Turns uh-huh. the okay. shitty baseball team into like a good baseball team. And then he gets this offer to go with the Red Sox for like the most money a manager or whatever has ever been paid. And there's that conflict of like, oh, God, does he take the essentially the sellout money and, and go with the team that's going to be like they've been hot shit the whole time or does he stay with the ragtag group of guys yeah. that he brought up from nothing I feel like that crosses people's minds when somebody wants to like leave Boston for yeah. one of yeah. the big guns it's just weird like I got that even from my friends who live in New York they're like oh it sucks here don't don't move here like come yeah. on and then I'm like but this is everything I need right now like yeah. your experience <laughs> is not mine and it has mm. nothing to do with like any of that stuff it's just literally I need to remove myself yeah. And grow up. <laughs> yeah. But like it's funny cuz there's like this constant buzzing tension between that collectivistic and individualistic set of orientations that you get in like a town like this. Like you yeah. get sort of that tribal almost like this mm-hmm. is what we do here. Yeah. Sort of pitted against the idea that like you're on a very American timeline. And this is what you do when you reach this age. Like you go to the school and then you go and kind of make your name for yourself. So it's like the handbook for lack of a better term that you're given for like what you're supposed to do if you want to be a success story doesn't always jive with what the people around you want to do for various reasons whether it's yeah their own philosophies or just they miss you yeah it's a whole and spectrum which is sweet. Of yeah it's so nice to, to miss someone and love someone and want them to be around all the time and i think it's just a matter of like kind of just letting what you love be what it is and that's why you mm. love it Mm-hmm. In the first place, you know, it's like when people get into relationships and then want to like hold them hostage yeah. the whole time. It's like, but you love me because I'm free. And yeah. it's like now you're changing it. Like this, that's not that's not I don't know. It's not out of the same place, you know, where the love happens. But I don't know. It's natural to want to, to keep those things close. And I don't know. But like, I'm sure there's a version of it everywhere, you know, like there's got to be some version because yeah. this it just feels like just an innate thing sometimes. But. I wonder if those um, if those boundary lines aren't quite as harsh in other places. Because, I mean, I even yeah. know, like, a few people in my own life who's, like, they kind of have it flipped the other way. Like, they'd be pissed if their kids stayed home and just did the thing wow. in their town. Like, yeah. you're supposed to go out and, like, That's you know, true so too. it's, like, it can definitely happen in, like, specific family environments or friend environments or whatever where, like, it's just expected. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it makes me wonder if this is something that we're experiencing as a result of living where we are, growing up in the age that, you know, the era that we yeah. are or whatever, or if yeah. it is something more universal. Because it does seem like something yeah. people experience. I think that was something that I was getting insecure about too, in a way. But then I was like, everybody I know lives at home. Yeah. Like, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I'm feeling insecure about it. But I think it was just because I had envisioned getting out so so much sooner yeah. and then hadn't. Mm-hmm. Or because mm-hmm. I did and then had to go back. And just because of my own, like, personal experience, I think I had my own feelings about it. But then I never thought it was weird if my friends lived at home. I was just like, internally, I'm just like, why Yeah. Why am I? I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm feeling like so stagnant. And um, But yeah, then there's like a whole other new set of challenges living on my own now. Or like mm. living in the city and like even just walking an hour to go buy groceries. And like, yeah. that's a new thing. And then I can't get seltzer because I can't carry it. <laughs> and like, it's a problem. No, but th- these are the things where it's like... 
yeah, it's, it's a blessing to have people that care about you and want the best for you and want to be close, you know? And like, yeah. I, I think about that too. It's just like, even like my parents don't want me to leave. Like that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, th- yeah, those bonds are, are strong and it's, um, mm. yeah. Yeah. And like, I definitely agree that like, it is a blessing indeed to have, have them be strong bonds that are kind of difficult to break. Cause that's certainly not true of every mm-hmm. unit or every relationship, but it, yeah, my God, it's hard to. Yeah. To like, like when we dropped out of college, and like it was like that feeling of like in a in one instant disappointing every single person. Yeah. (laughs) And it was surreal. It was like Jesus Christ, I've done this like incrementally, but I've never done it like on the drive home. Like all of a sudden, it's just poof. Everybody hates me now. (laughs) It's surreal, and it got better. But I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Like that helped wake me up to that. That like, oh, some of these choices are gonna come with like atomic blowback, and I have to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, dealing with judgment's never easy. You know, anybody's perception of you or all that stuff, like, that's something that's important to, I think, like, let go of if you can. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. It's taken me my whole life to learn how to do that. I still don't. I, I still think about what people think of me, and I don't want to. But I think it just can't affect your decision making. I think I've managed to not let it affect any decision making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still hard to think, I don't know, sometimes to just be like, curious of how it comes across or like you know especially in the world of social media where it's like constantly like about attention and whose attention you have and whatever it's like yeah yeah, I think that's why it's like important because like people have different experiences and then have different different things they need for their lives and it's like you can't really make a judgment on someone else's decision making yeah well yeah and you're the way that you receive that judgment is always going to be in contrast to the way that you want to be judged or want to be seen Exactly. And, you know, it's going to be in the context of your social identity, your your understanding of what your social identity is. Yeah. I've been trying, I don't know how much progress I've really made, but I've been trying to do the work on like, wherever you go, there you are. Like, yeah. your shit's still going to be your shit when you move to wherever. Um, yep. There's not some magic community that's going to solve all my problems for me that I'll just suddenly be vibing yeah. with really hard. Yeah, you can't actually escape it. Yeah. It's like you can change your location, but you're still going to be dealing with the same things. And isn't part of that the resistance that you have to whatever location you're, you're at? Isn't part of that like <laughs> feeling the resistance of... The resistance, yeah. Like, I don't want to be in my hometown anymore. I don't want to be a townie. I don't want people to see me as somebody who hasn't moved on. Or yeah. or I don't want people to see me as like a, 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 a flyaway. Like I don't want people to see me as somebody who just, you know, moves all over the country and like looks yeah. like I'm running from my problem or like whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. But if that's the way that you don't want to be seen and if that is dispositionally the way that you don't want to be judged, there's something to that. You are always going yeah. to be resisting being judged that way. And yeah. to like be dispositionally resistant to judgment like that instead of comfortable with yourself and non-resistant and able to be whole without the fear of judgment yeah which is not easy and no (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't say that many people in the world are like that but yeah you know i think that wherever you go there you are i mean I, i know that it's also used for like substance abuse and stuff like that. So it's, mm. I'm kind of broadening the definition, but like is as true as it is because of how resistant we tend to be to stasis. Yeah. Whatever that stasis is, as, as soon as you make the change, there's a new stasis. 
Yep. You know, yeah. unless you are making continuous yeah. changes, which is exhausting. Mm. Yeah. So like there's something about the resistance to judgment or the resistance to responsibility or the resistance to whatever that makes so that funny. so true, I think. Yeah. The the latest single that I put out is a song called Tourist, and it's about like everything you were just talking about, mm-hmm. about basically like pretending to be somewhere else because I can't be, but also like... F- purposely like putting myself somewhere like just like dissociating almost Mm -hmm. and just being like I feel like I should be somewhere else because other people expect me to be somewhere else but also I expect myself to be somewhere else so I'm going to just pretend I'm there to cope with being stagnant or like in the same place Mm -hmm. and then after I put that song out like I wrote the song like 10 minutes because it was just like so real and it was it was just like everything that I felt and then it's the one that I'm so insecure about and every day I'm just like, is this a weird song? Is everybody judging me and hating me for this? Because I'm like, I, and it's so weird because people like this song, it, it's like the most vulnerable one, mm-hmm. yet it's poppy and it's disguised as like a happy song, mm-hmm. yet it's really dark and sad to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have had to reach out to friends who said they like the song and I'm like, what do you like about it? Is it the lyrics or is it the melody? Are my lyrics weird? And I'm just like constantly just like, am I wrong for feeling this? Do you feel it too? Tell me you feel the same, but also sorry if you do. But like, it's just like this whole thing of just like, man, it's just been so funny witnessing like how embarrassed I have been about the song, Mm. but also how precious it is to me Mm -hmm. and like wanting to understand basically my insecurities with it. But then also just like how deep that feeling is of just like, I should be somewhere else. Right. Mm. But then it's like, but I'm happy where I am. But, mm. oh my God, it's just like, <laughs> it was like this weird psychological thing. I was just like trying to figure out and still kind of am. But yeah, I just needed some sort of validation from that to know that I wasn't alone in it. But then also just for my own self of just like, what am I feeling? And is this weird? Mm. And why am I singing about it? I don't want people to know. <laughs> but it's cool to handle it that way too. I mean, it kind of brings us back to Doe in a way that like acknowledging all of those things in, in those feelings and the, that uncertainty and confusion and terror and sadness and everything yeah. is very, very healthy to do, but mm-hmm. still do the thing you were planning to do. Like, yeah. those can be separate. And that's, like, such a crazy distinction. Like, it sounds so simple to just say it that, like, yeah, of course, like, the decision and the feelings accompanying it would be separate things. But good God, when you're in the moment of something that is actually binding you up like that, it's so hard to just actually take that breath And maybe some of it's like learned helplessness or something that you just, Mm -hmm. you don't understand that you're free in that moment. But that's kind of what I was getting at. Like when we started in the, it's not like you don't self-monitor, you know, like you're able Mm -hmm. to acknowledge these things, whether it's external pressures or internal ones, but then you still push the plunger Mm -hmm. when it's time. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's really healthy, I think, to be able to do that and then still settle into a new groove and a new community and a new scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when that starts to get stale, be like, okay, what the hell's going that's on here? Time to, to... I think it's just knowing when you grow out of something and then, yeah, because like I wore the same jacket for two years and it was falling off my body. And I'm like, <laughs> I should stop wearing this. <laughs> but it's kind of a metaphor of just like you wear it until it falls off your body and then you got to find a new jacket. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
And I think it's just kind of being self-aware to the point of like before it starts ripping and falling off, like you got to just change it, get something new. Like it's time. Isn't that kind of funny too? (laughs) Like if you extend that analogy to like the way punks and purists tend to be where like the answer is literally sew it back together with what you've got and put a patch on it and never wash it. Like (laughs) So true. Man, builds character. (laughs) And that's our show. As always, Black Market Therapy is a Dead and Mellow production. And to stay in touch with us, you can follow Black Market Therapy and Dead and Mellow Records on social media. You can also send any questions or comments to Black Market Therapy Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Carissa Johnson for being such a wonderful guest. And once again, all of the music cues that you heard during this episode were from her new album, Blue Hour. So if you like what you heard, please go show her some support. We'll be back in two weeks with Lucinda Bowen, to talk about how we connect labor and identity. Until then. <laughs>